Cozy on the house. Your Saturday morning wake-up call. I guess I should have given Gary a different song to play this morning based on our day in the desert yesterday. <laughs> what would that have been? I don't know. Mad, Mad Max or something. Something very dusty. Yes. Very fast. Loud. But this is a better way to wake up on a Saturday morning. That's for sure. Well, you know, horses kick up dust. Yes, so. they do. <laughs> well, I don't know how we keep doing it, but today is another four-hour broadcast that we're going to cram about 12 hours of information into. It's going to be jam-packed. You're not going to want to miss a minute of it. And we're glad you're here. We feel a little honored and blessed that we're celebrating our 30th year on air, trying to reach our goal of becoming every single Arizona homeowner's best friend. As you know, in the 7 o'clock hour, we always talk about whatever we want to talk about. We have a very special guest in studio this morning. 8 o'clock, Jennifer, you've arranged for a very special guest to come up from Tucson. From a steam pump ranch. Yes. The Heritage Garden there. She's going to, Miss Joyce is going to fill us in. With John J. Harper, we're going to be talking about some very, very unique and cool things that she's doing down there. Nine o'clock hour, we've got the registrar or contractor coming in. We've got David Byrne from Green ID talking about whole house energy audits. Ten o'clock, we've got Harold Perkins coming in from Galaxy Lending talking about what's going on in the world of mortgages. So it is packed today. But to get the show started, we've invited one of our favorite guests who's been in before, travel writer, Arizona adventurer, and hiker, Mr. Roger Naylor. An author. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me. We're very kind of you. Man. I'm glad to be back, and congratulations on, what, 30 years? Holy cow. Yeah, I don't know where Good it went. for you. I don't know where it went, Roger. <laughs> I don't know where it went, really. But um, an author. You've got a trail of books out, primarily about Arizona. You did venture uh, off the reservation there one time and published a book on Death Valley. I did, and uh, that's uh, like my, one of my best sellers and stuff, uh, just because it's at the National Park. It's in four different languages, so uh, it's it's nice. Uh, you know, and even though it's out of Arizona, I'm a desert rat at heart, so when you get a chance to write about the biggest, baddest desert of all, you don't pass up on that. That's right. It has got a lot of history. Yeah. A lot of history. You've got uh, Arizona Kicks on Route 66. Fun book. You talk about Arizona saved Route 66. Exactly. An amazing story. We're the ones that uh, brought it back. The birthplace of historical Route 66 is right here. It's all done by a handful of people in Seligman, Arizona. And some of your books seem to have a common theme about eating. Uh, <laughs> That's why he hikes. Uh, yeah, I, I like to eat. You kind of got me there. Arizona yeah. kicks on Route 66, brags as being one of the secret places you can find the best pies. I have pie <laughs> alerts throughout the book. I like it. So I, I let people know, well, you're traveling Route 66. You're on a two-lane road. Isn't that where you want to stop and get a piece of homemade pie? Absolutely. So I tell you where you can get pie there and stuff. So, yeah. Well, one of our best tips of a new place to eat was when you gave us the barbecue place on the east side of Flagstaff. Satchmo's. Satchmo's. Oh, my gosh. We went back twice. Yeah, and we never do that. I mean, two meals in a row. You know, like. 
dinner and then lunch the next oh. day. It was so good. <laughs> that was yeah, good. he does. He makes great food, and uh, he's one of the my featured eateries in Boots and Burgers, an Arizona handbook for hungry hikers. So even though I a lot of it's burger places, like, like you say, there's a you know I got a, a couple of barbecue joints, I've got a pizza place, I got an ice cream parlor. Uh, my favorite ice cream parlor in the whole state's in that book. I just uh, uh, stopped in there uh, on my way back. Uh, Chaparral homemade ice cream in Wickenburg. Oh my goodness, they make the best butter pecan I've oh. ever had in my life. Watch and out. here's a great travel tip for you. During the month of November, they do a pumpkin pie ice cream that is out of this world. I'm not even a huge fan of pumpkin pie, but this ice cream is just velvet. It is just so delicious and rich and perfect going down only for the month of November. So if you're in Wickenburg, stop by the Chaparral homemade uh, ice cream. You got to get in on the old route through town. Yeah. And not, not, not that bypass, right? Well, the, yeah, they actually have moved out before you get there. They're, they're, uh, uh just sort of, uh, next to the, the subway there. They had some problems with the, okay. They, they were downtown for a long time, but they had some issues with the old building that, uh, couldn't keep up. So they had to move just, uh, outside of that. So you, you catch them right before you get to downtown. Chaparral. Well, works out pretty Chaparral, well homemade ice cream. Mm-hmm. All right. Where where else can you find out tips like that? Now, Roger, being the hiker that you are, and I, I know reading your biography and being a, uh, an avid consumer of your books, I loved all of them, uh, and I want to get to your newest book here in just a minute, but I want to talk about, I want to just talk about hiking. Like, uh, we, I, you set a goal once or twice to hike 1,000 miles in a year. Now, I'm, I'm not nowhere, anywhere near that pace. But we, we go through a couple pairs of boots a year. We, we do quite a bit of hiking. Uh, what is your favorite boot? And it, it, does it change according to terrain? It does not. Uh, I, I am in Merrill okay. ventilator, Moab ventilator lows. And that has been all I have worn. In fact, that is all I own. I have eight pairs <laughs> in, in just sort of varying states of decay. <laughs> In my closet. If you open my closet, that's all you'll see. My wife has actually taken photos. My wife, who's a bit of a shoe horse, by the way, uh, you know, is, is, likes to occasionally post my boots on uh, uh, her Facebook page to show that is exactly the only boot that I have. Someplace in the house, I've got a pair of black all-purpose wedding funeral shoes in a box that I could probably track down if I needed. But I don't own sandals. I don't own sneakers. I own eight pairs of these boots that every day I get up, I put them on. They are all-purpose for me. They're lightweight. Um, they're breathable. They're can breathable. Get, can get wet in a little bit of snow or rain. Yeah, you know, if, if I were doing a lot of uh, uh, hiking in snow, then I, you know, maybe I'd have a different pair of boots okay. for that sort of terrain. But I don't. I hate snow, so I'm not going to go <laughs> hiking in it. I try to avoid it at all costs. Uh, so, uh, you know, but these are sturdy. I've gone rim to rim. I've done, you know, three day backpacks in these boots. Uh, so, you know, for me, they're, you know, I went through a lot of different types. I I would get attached to a boot and then something would happen and they'd stop making that brand or redesign it or something. So, um, these have just been really great for me. You know, I have no issues with blisters or, you know, discomfort or anything. So, and the whole Merrill story is kind of a cool story. If you know the founding uh, family and the, 
the how they how they got started and all American owned and it, it's a nice, good it's a good nice. story. It's a great story. Nice. Okay, so right underneath the boot comes the most important part of any hiking man's gear. His socks. <laughs> well, Talk about Someone who collects socks. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say. It's a little obscene. <laughs> he told me this morning as he's looking at a cupboard, you know, two feet deep and three rows back. I don't have, he said, I'm not even going to say it. I said, you can't tell me you don't have the right socks. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I think you're placing a little more emphasis on the old socks than I oh, am. I just, man. I just grab them in bulk at the hiking store there. I get the, uh, it's a certain type, but I wouldn't even know the name. I just recognize the color of them. And, and you go like with a, um, a, a medium. Uh, yeah. Just a medium. Padding. Yeah. Uh -huh, yeah. I, I, I don't want anything too heavy. Uh, okay. Yeah. They're, uh, you know, up above the, around the ankle and stuff. So okay. I like them a little higher. You know, for uh, I tried. Uh, uh, some people recommend the two socks, the little yes. tiny one inside yeah. the other one. Yeah. I never like that; they slip around, and it's just uh, you know too irritating. So yeah. no, I go. So with you, the, no, so you, you're the sock expert here, my friend. Don't try to don't try to get me to uh, to, to back you up. Here. That's admirable, though, for a guy that you must you must have feet of steel. Have you ever tried the little liner socks that separate the toes? Into separate little shoe compartments. No, compartments. you know they I look ridiculous. Yeah, but. I like my toes to be friends. <laughs> I like my toes to kind of hang out. You know, they got to work together. I, I want them to, you know, have this good relationship, this good rapport. I don't want them to have little separate apartments where they, they don't get to chat, they don't get to meet until at the end of the evening when I pull them off and they, wow, can you believe that? Oh, what a day! Oh my goodness! You know, no, I, I want I want them to stay in touch okay. all, at all times. Well, I have it, a new vision every time you. Pull those out now. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, we we do do a rim to rim to rim every year, and socks is like, like have you have you found a new pair of socks? That's like half the conversation on the bus ride up to the <laughs> Have you have you found a pair of socks that we could hike rim to rim to rim, and when we're done, we're we're not tired. <laughs> Wow, yeah, if you can find a pair of socks like that, then we'll let, let me know, know about yeah. them. I will pick up a pair. All right, with the amount of hours and time you spend on the trail, uh, do you have that favorite little just protein snack, that favorite little sandwich that you have wrapped in the in the camelback? I mean, what's your trail snack list look like? Well, my trail snack list is is pretty basic because I'm always sort of eyeballing that burger at the end of the trail. So I'm just trying to tide myself over. So I do a lot of jerky and okay. uh, some trail mix, some nuts and things like that. Pretty basic stuff. You know, I'm just trying to maintain my uh, my sodium levels and my energy level until I can start heading. I can see my truck in the distance and I'm thinking, where am I going to go eat? Now yeah. and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not like one of these hardcore guys that mix their own uh, trail. My idea of uh, trail mix is is a bag of peanuts with a cranberry, M&M's with a cranberry yeah. tossed in or yeah. something, you know. So I just uh, eat, grab whatever's handy and, and uh, uh, you know, survive. And and that's what you'll do to to go rim to rim. That's oh, well, that, yeah. that carries you well Yeah, enough? yeah, you know, I mean. That's amazing. You know, yeah, I, I'm not a camp cook. I never was, you know, so I mean, I just, even if I'm going backpacking or something for a few days, and I don't do it so much anymore, but yeah, I would just live on jerky and, and uh, um, you know, get some other little uh, necessary items to spread it out for, you know, three days, and I, I could do that pretty well, and then after that, I'm ready for a, 
for a shower and a, and a, a real meal. We're here with Roger Naylor, travel writer for the Arizona Republic and many other publications. Jennifer and I were out to dinner just the other night, and I grabbed a Scottsdale Official Visitor's Guide. And I said, well, I gotta, I gotta, I've lived here since 65. Let me see if there's anything in there I'm missing. And, and there's a whole chapter there written by Roger Naylor. So back in just a minute, we're going to be talking about uh, your current writing assignment. And welcome back to Rosie on the House, where we're getting you up this morning, trying to wet your whistle for getting out and seeing some of the trail systems we've got in the great state of Arizona. Here with travel writer Roger Naylor, uh, several books to his credit. There's one in particular that uh, we like. Well, we like all your books. I appreciate that. Bur- burgers, burgers and Boots. Boots and Burgers. Is, is a good one. Yeah. Uh, you've got a new one out, Cole Brothers. The Amazing Cole Brothers of Grand Canyon. Uh, this is an uh, that, sensational that's your newest story. Book. That's my newest. It just okay. came out over the summer. I've been okay. going around the state talking about uh, this, and uh, you know the response has been terrific. It's been my my fastest selling book, which is nice. Oh, that's you know, awesome. It, it surprised me uh, because it's a history, you know. And I thought, well, this is uh, maybe you know I know I know it will sell well over the years because it's at the Grand Canyon and it gets a lot of walk up traffic, but. Uh, to see the response that people have had to it uh, right from the start has been uh, terrific. Uh, a lot of people come to uh, from my presentations, and they're coming up, and they've got Emory stories of their own and photographs that Emory took and, and uh, you know, memories of their own to share. And It's just, uh, uh, you know, very neat. Uh, the Cole brothers, Emory and Ellsworth, uh, they established the Kolb Studio there at the head of the Bright Angel Trail in uh, Grand Canyon National Park uh, that's still standing. They built the original rooms in 1904 and began photographing mule teams, went down the river in 1911. They were the 26th and 27th men to actually navigate the river, shot a motion picture while they did it back in 1911. It became the longest-running, continuously shown movie in American history. Wow. So, I mean, there's just all this great stuff that they did, and, and uh, it was really fun to research and write about these guys. Well, you must have had fun, it, because it comes out just in the way you write about them. It, it, you're talking about the Colbs. They became the first independent movie makers. They did, you know, they were the, this was an era when they couldn't even buy, it took them a year and a half to even locate uh, and purchase a moving picture camera because the <laughs> studios didn't want them to have it. You know, wow. this, was not, this was brand new technology. They didn't want this out in the public's hands. They produced the first reality show. You know, they showed themselves, they did this whole episode of them running the river. They invented the selfie. They did. They were the ones, the <laughs> photographers, they were ahead of their time. You know, they put, inserted themselves in all these Grand Canyon photos for sense of scale so you could see how giant this place is. And then they started adding some adventure shots where they're leaping across cliffs and hanging off of ropes, and it's uh, really exciting stuff. They invented trail running. <laughs> This is how they used to photograph the mule teams. This is their business model. This is to show you what knuckleheads these guys are. Uh, One of the brothers would stand at the head of the, the Bright Angel Trail, snap the mule photos, and then load the glass plates in their pack, go running down the trail past the mule teams, running down 3,000 feet, 4.6 miles to Indian Garden, because that's where they had a spring with 
cool running, clear running water. They would wash the plates once, twice, three times, develop the photos, come running back up out of the canyon, 4.6 miles, a total round trip, 9.2 miles, and be standing at the head of the trail with these developed photos to sell <laughs> when the mule riders would come out. So decades before Polaroid ever came up with a concept, here they put they created the instant photo stuff. And they would do that twice a day, sometimes three times a day. So yeah. I mean, can you imagine that as a business model? You've hiked the Grand Canyon. It, you know, you know, it's it's you know, that's a that's a serious little jaunt down there to Indian Gardens and it, back and to do it. Like I have no that. idea what yeah. a glass plate weighs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you got these things rattling around in your pack and you're running up and down the trail. So Well wow. they didn't even need a Fitbit. They got their stuff. Uh, they <laughs> yeah, did not need yeah. a Fitbit. Well you call them in the book utter knuckleheads. I do. Well, uh, yeah, the, the Grand in a Canyon, fun way. Yeah, the Grand Canyon Association asked me not to put them in the book, but when I go out and give talks everywhere, I, I tell them. I, I said, "Yeah, these guys are just the definition of knuckleheads." Well, it knuckleheads. had to be. It had to be a fun writing assignment. Did the Grand Canyon Association come to you and ask you, or was it they something did. that landed yeah. on your radar screen? And nope, they wanted to do a larger story of these guys. Uh, they'd had a small book out for years, but they just felt like you know these guys were such so important to the Grand Canyon's history overall that they wanted to uh, re-emphasize them and, you know, spread the word about them. And they liked the way that I did the history in the Death Valley book. I did a whole chapter on Death Valley Scotty and yeah. Scotty's castle in Death Valley. And, you know, he's quite the con man and befriended the millionaire who built the castle. And uh, they just liked that it was kind of a fun, readable, enjoyable history where I just I just enjoyed the story and I enjoyed telling the story. And that's the spirit they wanted me to bring to the Cole brothers. And, and uh, it was a blast writing. Well, you're doing a book signing today. I am just a few hours here. In fact, I better go. No, uh, um, I'm I'm at Sibley's West in Chandler at noon. I'll be there from uh, noon for a, giving a presentation, a slideshow of the Kolb photos, and uh, signing books afterwards. And Sibley's West is a great uh, store. It does nothing but Arizona products. So if you're looking for some holiday gift ideas, that is a great place to be. And today they're having a big Chevy car show out on the square there in. Uh, downtown Chandler's so you can come out and, and see the cars and uh, meet me and listen to me blab and get a book the and amazing book. Cole Brothers of the Grand Canyon back with Roger Naylor after this short break y'all stay tuned we're going to come back and talk about state parks his current writing assignment is to write about every state park in the state now, now Sue could have given me that job she was here last week It's going to be another beautiful Saturday and weekend all across the great state of Arizona. We're here with travel writer, Arizona adventurer, and author, Roger Naylor, author of Arizona Kicks on Route 66, author of Death Valley, the hottest place on earth, author of Boots and Burgers, an Arizona handbook for hungry hikers, as well as his latest book, The Amazing Kolb Brothers. We were talking during the break here with Roger, and I was just saying, you know, Roger, what, a, what an enviable life they had, landing on the south rim of the Grand Canyon when they basically had it to themselves. Yeah, it, it, they arrived at the perfect time, you know, uh, uh, 
Ellsworth was the first one there, arrived in 1901, just at almost the exact same moment the train arrived. Wow. And that changed everything because all of a sudden, what had been just a handful of prospectors now was going to be a tourist destination, and they you know, managed to capture that. They managed was, to be there. Was he right already a photographer? He was not. Uh, <laughs> Just he, opportunist. Yeah, he was he <laughs> was a rambler. Ellsworth was the older. He was he had actually signed, you know, worked his way across he left to his Pittsburgh home with two dollars in his pockets, worked his way across the country, signed was in San Francisco, signed on with a freighter to ship out to China. But before he left, he thought, I want to go take a look at this hole in the ground I've heard about in Arizona. Made his way back, fell in love, forgot about China, got a job chopping wood. His younger brother, Emery, was still back in Pittsburgh, was writing to him. Emery had taken up photography as a hobby. And he tells Ellsworth, he says, hey, keep an eye open for a good photography situation. Ellsworth is going, well, we got I think it. I got one. I think did they, I got one here. Did they marry? Did they have family? Oh, yeah, yeah. Emery married uh, in, uh, uh, he, he <laughs> this is typical Emery. He was in Williams, Arizona, uh, watched a woman walk off a train. A lovely lady named Blanche Benner pointed to her and said, that's the woman I'm going to marry. In October that year, they were married. Stayed married the rest of their lives. Had one daughter. Uh, Ellsworth was more of a rake and a rambler. Uh, there's pictures of Ellsworth all through the book with various young ladies. Uh, um, but Ellsworth married. It lasted for two months and was uh, very oh. quiet. It took me a long time to track down that marriage certificate, too, and stuff. So, But, uh, um, but yeah, Emery uh, married, had one daughter, and had... Uh, uh, she had a, a, a son, uh, so they had a grandchild and then many great-grandchildren. In fact, I, I just heard from some of their great-grandchildren. They've been buying books for their uh, uh, family. family. Stuff, oh, so, that's yeah. great. It's The Amazing Cole Brothers of the Grand Canyon by Roger Naylor. Now, that's your most recent publication. And like we say, you're right. going to be at a book signing this afternoon. Sibley's West at noon. Yeah. Okay, and mm -hmm. that's a Chevy car show? Yeah, they're at the, the Chandler uh, downtown area. Okay, awesome. Jennifer knows Sibley's well. They participate in our Arizona staycation all the time oh, with nice. Arizona-specific gifts. Yeah. So yeah. let them know that Jennifer says hello I when sure you get will. down there. But your current writing assignment, you've been asked. I don't know how people get these jobs. <laughs> Well, this was my we, idea. Oh, okay. I, All I right. pitched this idea. You, I, you wrote this res, this resume, this job application. Well, actually, this was a, a publisher. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the University of New Mexico Press had uh, approached me about writing a book. And, uh, you know, I was kind of busy for a while and with other projects. And I've, uh, they kept pestering me. And finally, uh, they, they had a book they want me to do on some Arizona scenic drives paired with some hikes. And I said, okay, but here's another idea I've got. And so I told them my idea to write about Arizona State Parks because I think it's really fascinating. Uh, you can The entire history of Arizona is written in the state parks. Every chapter of our history is here in the state parks. Every facet of our scenery can be found in the state parks. So it's this very intimate little experiences where you can have this, where you can have the desert, where you can have the lakes, where you can have the rivers, where you can have the forest, uh, you can have caverns and so forth. And so it's really amazing. I wanted to write a book, so they like that. So I'm doing that one first, and then and as soon as I turn this one in on December 1st, I start on the Scenic Drive book, and that's oh, due next okay. July. So All right. I'm well, I know doing kind of Black, two at once. Wow. Sue Black is going to be excited to see that one done. Yes, yeah. she really is. The director of the Arizona State Parks and Trail System, and as you know, they recently won 
the uh, contest of best run state park system they in the entire the country. Gold medal the award. Gold medal. Yeah, I was there for the uh, this the ceremony. I was not in in New Orleans, but I, they invited me down to the uh, their office here, and we were there seeing it on TV awesome. and stuff. It was very cool. That's mm-hmm. great. They're growing. They are. How many state parks do we have open to the public right now? Right now, there are 32 state parks and natural areas. There are like three natural areas that are mixed in with that that are overseen by the state parks. Uh, And there's another one more park property that's not open and two more that are set to open uh, next year, early next year. All right. So you can go to azstateparks.com. You can see a complete list of all of the state parks from Alamo State Park to Yuma Territorial Prison uh, out listed alphabetically. And I found five there I had not been to. So I'm going to have you tell me a brief description of each of the five and which one should I put on my bucket list first. Which What priority should I go see these? Buckskin. Get there right away. Get there this month. If you can. I was just there. This is a, a, one of my favorites, days of the year. I, I did this a couple years ago by accident, and it, it's become one of my favorite fall trips. I'd like to go. Buckskin Mountain is on the uh, Arizona's west coast. It's on the Colorado River. There are four. There are actually six west coast parks. Two of them are in Yuma Historic Parks. The other four, two in Parker and uh, two in Lake Havasu. But these are just beautiful park. It's that combination of desert and and, uh, river. Uh, It's just so gorgeous. But now is such an incredible time to go because all the summer boaters have gone. They're gone. And the snowbirds are not yet here. So the place is empty. My kind of place. Yeah. (laughs) The campgrounds are about a quarter full. And the trails are just empty, and it's still, you know, it's still 80 degrees. It's still beautiful. It's still perfect. You can lounge around on the white sandy beach and read a book if you want. You can go hiking in the trails. You can go out on the water, whatever you want. So uh, Buckskin is beautiful. They've got big plans for – they're making some nice changes at Buckskin, too. They're going to be putting in some cabins there in the future and stuff. So uh, very pretty park. Dankworth. Dank- I've never even heard of Dankworth. <laughs> it doesn't sound that appealing, but it's really a surprising little place, Dankworth Pond. It's a subunit of Roper Lake down by Mount Graham there oh. in Safford. Oh, that's so- Jennifer's favorite road. <laughs> Not. <Yeah. laughs> so it is, uh, um, uh, it's about three miles from the main body of Roper Lake, so you actually have to leave Roper Lake and drive about three miles. Dankworth Pond is sort of a smaller version of that, but it gives you beautiful views of uh, Mount Graham and the Pinalinos mm. and these, you know, these big I'd like mountains. that view. I took a couple of photos there at, at Dankworth. They're just, you know, gorgeous and stuff. It looks really beautiful. And they've got a couple little hiking trails through the scrub there and use it as a lot for school kids they've got it set up uh, where there's a recreated uh, native american ruins and and village and with uh, so they take uh, classrooms back in there and and give them some instruction stuff and if you like photography and you like capturing pictures this really is a perfect time of year because as soon as that air cools off just a little bit the sky becomes bluer the mountains become redder and the desert is still somewhat green so you have a great variety of color Absolutely. There was a lot of great contrast yesterday It was out there. It was beautiful. It was pretty. Okay, so that's Buckskin. That's Dankworth. McFarland. McFarland Courthouse is the uh, the visitor center in Florence. And, you know, it, it's one of those that you don't want to make an entire destination for. It, it, it's free. It's great. Um, one of the cool things you can do, uh, if you've got someone who's hard to buy for on your shopping list, go there because you can get – 
birdhouses made out of license plates. And you can get uh, wind chimes made out of license plates because they, they've got right. they the Florence State Prison used to have a gift shop and they got rid of that. So now the gift shop at the courthouse, ironically enough, sells these prison made items and also some baked goods. And they've got these little coffee mugs that say they have a photo, a picture of the prison and gated community or Florence bed and breakfast. <laughs> so you have to admire inmates who can still keep a little wry sense of humor. So, you know, they're. There's some fun stuff to open on Christmas morning. It's it, they, They've got a great exhibit on the old uh, POW camps there. And uh, the building was owned. The courthouse became different things. It was a hospital for a while. Uh, it actually has kind of a bloody history, too. A couple of uh, men were dragged out of the cells and lynched there. Uh, you know, you don't think of Florence as being that much of a Wild West town. But uh, there's a really famous shootout between uh, uh, Gabriel and by the uh, former sheriff and a uh, sheriff and his former deputy and stuff there and they've got the mirror with a bullet hole there and so you know they got some interesting stuff but florence overall it's just the whole downtown is a historic district and so it's just really beautiful to walk around and there's a museum there the uh Ganau, the gila Pinal, uh, uh museum that is just so much fun to see it's just one of these great small town museums that's got uh, fun stuff like, you know, cactus furniture made from the 30s. And then you go in the next room and here's an exhibit of nooses, uh, hangman's nooses, <laughs> inmates executed in photos. You know, so it's this this weird mix of, of, a, of cool stuff. Yeah, exactly, which now, I like in a museum. Now, where, where would you recommend someone grab a bite to eat in Florence? They've got a great Greek restaurant there, as a matter okay. of fact, and uh, uh, Mount Ethos, I think it is. Yes. And then there's a River City uh, Grill or something where they make some pretty good hamburgers as well. On the north side of the Gila, the East Bank. Oh, you know where it is then? Yeah, that River Bank Grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That is a pretty uh, yeah. good burger. Okay. Okay, River Island State Park. Uh, right uh, one mile away from Buckskin. So it's oh, we kind can of do a same. twofer yeah, there. Exactly. So okay. that's, well, you know, what I did a couple of, uh, when I was there a couple of weeks ago, I just took a couple or three days and I visited uh, uh, Buckskin, River Island, Cattail Cove, which was my favorite, I think, and then um, uh, Lake Havasu and stuff. And I was just hanging out on beaches, hiking in desert, listening to seagulls circling overhead. You know, and we're still in the Arizona desert. It's amazing. But River Island is kind of a small subunit. They've only got one hiking trail, which is why I kind of ignored it for a oh. while. But it's one of the most beautiful short trails I've ever seen in my in my life. It's uh, just called the Wedge Hill Trail. It's just a half-mile trail up the hill, but it just gives you an incredible view of the river and stuff. So definitely worth a stop. Now, if we're not, if we're not developing a yearning passion in our listeners' hearts to get out and see Arizona, I don't know what else— other than go pick them up at their house and drive them. Okay, the last one I had not been to uh, is the San Rafael Natural Area. Now, I've I've been in that area. I love the, the Canela Hills. is probably one of my favorite places oh, yeah. in all of Arizona. Uh, but the San Rafael Valley is, is uh, it, it, it's so rich in history. I mean, that was the highway. That was the major highway into Arizona for hundreds of years. Exactly, exactly. But the uh, the ranch itself is not currently open to the public. So, and, uh, you know, according to when I've talked to them at the state park, uh, 
I don't think they have any immediate plans to open it. I think they're trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, so, you know, I can't give you any information on it, or you can't go see it yet. Great piece of property. Go yeah. right down to the a international lot of history, border. Like you say, yeah. Patagonia Mountains, the Canela Hills. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's absolutely a gorgeous, gorgeous area. Okay. Well, Jennifer, you'll have to decide of those five that we haven't been to. One's not open, so that narrows it down to four. We can do Buckskin and River Island and Cattail probably all in, in one trip. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's a great day. And, and I really encourage, this is one of the things I've written about uh, before, but it's the end from, the, from mid-October through about Thanksgiving is just such a perfect time because the weather's so great and it's so uncrowded there. You've got the place to yourself. And it's just amazing to sit, uh, you know, and then you can find these little bars and uh, saloons and restaurants right down on the water. And, you know, you're hiking during the day and then you're sitting out having a cold beverage watching there's the it. sun setting across the river. You're sitting there and there's it, a it feels like out there's of a a, theme a, here. a Jimmy there's Buffett a theme song here. or something. <laughs> there's a theme here. Pirates in the desert. Yeah, all right. We'll be right back, y'all. Well, between Sue Black of Arizona State Parks and Trail Systems last week and Roger Naylor, travel writer and outdoor Arizona adventurer, this week, if we haven't got you fired up to get out and see Arizona, I don't know what else we have to do. Uh, Roger has been in before. We appreciate every chance he gets to come in and visit with us. Author, latest book, The Amazing Cold Brothers of the Grand Canyon. It's a fabulous read. Boots and Burgers. It's a it's an Arizona handbook for hungry hikers. That's a great book. Death Valley's a great book. Arizona Kicks on Route 66. All great books. But today, most people probably know you as the feature writer for Explore Arizona section in the Saturday Arizona Republic. My stories run uh, most Saturdays in the Arizona Republic. Uh, today, it's Arizona Things I'm Thankful For, getting uh, people in that uh thanksgiving spirit and you know we're so blessed to live here that you know there's just some special things i think that we should all be uh, thankful for so the article is state of greats so i mean it just it's just wordsmithing he it's is, just, it's he just is a great word that's so cool state of greats 22 reasons to be thankful you live in arizona you can find it in today's arizona republic okay mr naylor you know here at roseanne house we give away one free Arizona vacation every month. We call nice. it, we call it the Arizona Staycation. We started this in the depths of the Great Recession uh, to encourage people to stay in Arizona uh, along with Kimber Lanning and uh, you know uh, keep your money here. Keep your money in Arizona rather than going outside. There's there's almost anything you would want we've got exactly. right here in the state. So Sanderson Ford heard us doing that and said, well, listen, when you pick a winner, tell them they can come over to our lot and pick out a car. I said, okay, great. (laughs) So they have 64 acres of cars. That's the same size as Disneyland. Wow. Okay. And in one corner, they've got this, what they call the stable of cars that they want out on the road for people to demo. So you can win a Sanderson Ford Rosie on the House staycation and call John at Sanderson Ford and say, I want an F-150 Platinum or I want 
a convertible GT Mustang. Or I want one of the hybrid cars. Or I want an Explorer. Whatever car you may be thinking about. So he makes arrangements for you to get the car you want. And then you get to pick what days you go and where you go. So Roger Naylor wins the Arizona Staycation where, after you know this state as well as anybody, where does Roger go? Oh, man, that is so tough. Uh, right now, I'm since we're talking about it, I would grab a four-wheel drive, and I would head up part of the Peace Trail, some of that uh, the rugged uh, uh, OHV roads uh, along the West Coast. I would make a point to stop in Parker, drive back the back roads to Desert Bar, and eat a burger out in the middle of nowhere. And then uh, continue. Is that that old mining town? It is. Nelly can... E. Saloon. Uh, only open Saturdays and Sundays through the winter from uh, noon to six. <laughs> Bands playing. It's out in the middle of nowhere. What's better than that? To go listen to music and eat a hamburger. <laughs> and then drive. I see some of those backcountry, some of those uh, desert mountains. And uh, then, you know, stop and uh, treat myself to a little uh, luxury in Lake Havasu City. And, Enjoy the sunset over the water. And so when you're four-wheeling, you like doing it in a pickup or like a SUV? What's your preference? I'm a pickup man. You're a pickup I'm guy. I'm a pickup okay. man. Yeah. All right. So we, you, we would put you in a Ford F-150, four-wheel drive, and you take off for the Colorado River Valley. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Man, they're getting off cheap. Maybe I should grab that convertible and go <laughs> yeah. get some pie. <laughs> Wait a minute. How many chances do I get? <laughs> Well, we a winner is drawn every month. Roger, I can't thank you enough for coming in. Again, you have a book signing today. I am at uh, Sibley's West at noon today, and if for some reason you can't make it, I'm doing another one in two weeks on uh, November 18th at the North Mountain Visitor Center. Okay, very good. And you good. can find all the information on my website, rogernaylor.com. Rogernaylor.com. I guess that's where they could also order any of any the, the books, books that you've absolutely. got. Absolutely, signed copies. Very good. Well, what a treat for us. Thanks for joining us it was today. Always, always my pleasure. Thanks, you guys. You do such a great job. I'm going to send him some socks. <laughs> <laughs> the ones with the little toes. <laughs> All right, y'all, stay tuned. Jennifer, you've got a great outdoor living segment scheduled for next hour. We don't have Romy in today. He's out rodeoing with the kids out in uh, Litchfield Park, and the videos he's sending to the kids on the horses are just killing me. So we'll be there tomorrow watching that. But he's out rodeoing today. You've got special guests lined up. Well, um, Joyce Reichner is the education coordinator of the Oro Valley Historical Society. She's going to be in talking about the wonderful heritage garden that we saw at the Steam Pump Ranch. So I'm excited about that, and Jay's in studio as well. All right, so we'll be taking your questions about anything having to do with outdoor landscaping. Uh, your lawn, your garden, your hedges, your trees, your hardscape, whatever it is. But Miss Joyce is going to be here talking about uh, 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 this seed culture thing that they've got going down there that absolutely fascinated me. And I'm not even a farmer. What did she call it? The Three Sisters? Corn Squad? We'll find out more when she comes in. All right. She gets you straightened out. All right.